You're listening to Deeper Magic. Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Magic. I'm Anna. This is Peter. Say hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. And I have no idea what we're talking about, but you were like, do you want to go record something for 10 minutes? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So yeah. now here we are. So so you're both theologically confused uh, a bit. <laughs> and we thought we'd get together. This, this is Wednesday of Holy Week. Right. And uh, I think Holy Week, I'll just say for me personally, is taking on increasing significance in my life for reasons that I think I understand and probably mm-hmm. some that I don't. And Good Friday in particular uh, has taken on a lot of significance. And I got a text from uh, a person I'm close to this uh, week just asking some questions about Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And even though it's Wednesday, so we're pre-recording right. for Good, Good Friday. Right. We thought we'd do a special episode of Deeper Magic, just a shorter one that is concentrated on some of the events of Good Friday, some ways in which maybe we've been thinking about it recently, but also to, I think, broadly speaking, there's been quite a bit of change going on in the church about how to understand Good Friday that I think is super invitational, Uh, even though some people experience it as a really dark day. Mm -hmm. I think it's super invitational. But do you think we're on safe ground recording on Wednesday, not doing like on the day that... When I used to do live radio, yeah. if you had to pre-record an episode, there was always or a pre-record a show. So I would do the live morning show from six o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't be there for a day, we would pre-record, and it was the big debate. Do, oh. You know, can can you release a non-live episode and have it have it sound like it's live? So we're not pretending today. Oh no, no, we're not pretending today not. that we're doing this on Friday. We're doing it on Wednesday to be released on. Friday. Friday. Yeah. No, of course. I think that's totally fine. Um, One of my favorite podcasts, one of my favorite like segments that they had on it was they released a Thanksgiving episode and talked about how it was pre-recorded and that um, one of the guys was going to go home to surprise his mom and she didn't know that he was going to be there because she lived in the UK or something. Right. And so it was like this whole fun thing where they were like, oh, this episode is going to come out after that surprise has already happened. <laughs> right. And so they like talked about it for half the episode and he was like, I'm so excited. It's going to be so great. And she's going to listen to this and be all mad about it because everybody knew and like the whole thing, but it was so cute. And I was like, that that would have been taken away if they had pretended that it was live on yeah. Thanksgiving or whatever. Well, totally. And I always felt like I was being like almost telling a lie when I would right? do fake live radio the yeah. day before. I'd be like, hi, everybody. And you somebody know? texts you and it's like, good totally. episode today. And you have to try and remember what you talked about That's like exactly two weeks right. ago when you pre-recorded it. Yeah. yeah no. So maybe I was recording on the 10th of June for 11th of June show, but I would have to on the 10th say, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show on the, on the 11th of June and make it sound. And I just thought, mm-hmm. I'm just a liar. I, I feel like a total <laughs> liar right now. <laughs> Jesus staring down at you from heaven with his arms crossed. Yes. He's like, no. Trying to do Christian radio through false pretenses. It was not It was not a great <laughs> setup. So we are recording Wednesday uh, we about uh, Good Friday. Well, and, and yeah, go I ahead. have a quick thing about um, Holy Week and all of that. Because, um, well, first of all, of all of the like church holidays and everything and, and reasons or like, you know, like the fake Christians who only go to church like for Christmas and Easter, the kind of Christian that wow, I am. That's pretty hard. Well, I, I'm talking about myself <laughs> oh, here. I see. Yeah, okay. no. Um, but it's like I, I don't mind going to church on Christmas. I like it's not my favorite thing to do in the world, but like I don't mind it. Yeah, right. I actually really, really enjoy going to mm. church on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And I have kind of like a weird thing this year where I'm scheduled to work on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And because it's Easter Sunday, everybody else is like out of town or has family plans. So nobody can cover that shift for me. And so I don't get to go to church on Easter Sunday. 
And so I'm sitting here trying to figure out, because I fully intend to go on Good Friday or at least do something to mm-hmm. mark Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, I'm trying to figure out right now how I'm going to mark Easter Sunday when I don't get to have that moment of going to church and right. celebrating that with everybody else. And currently, and this is very out of character for me, for anybody who's listening, I'm currently thinking about going on some kind of sunrise walk slash hike thing. Whoa. I know. Well, You're lucky Easter's a little earlier in the year this year. The sun comes up a little later. But like, that's my thing is that um, I don't know that I'm going to have another opportunity to like take that time and, and yeah. celebrate it like from a Christian perspective, not an Easter egg hunt perspective. Right. And so I'm like, I, I really want to try and carve out time to go and do that. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just in a weird situation this year with Holy yeah. Week. I think this is beautiful. I, and maybe we could even do a, another follow-up, a shorter version of this um, for, for Easter Sunday too. Because it's just so – a lot of Christians end up with a Good Friday-only theology where they have been taught and, and understandably oh, and, and end up with that theology because the teaching for the last maybe 1,000 years of the church has not really taken into account, I think – as robustly as the meaningfulness of that Sunday morning and the sunrise and what happened in the way that you're describing. And it's part of what we wanted to talk about on this episode too, is I think over the last thousand years, the church has been, I think many people, I certainly didn't know this. I don't think they know they've been so deeply influenced by a singular theological movement right around 1100. Mm -hmm. There were other movements as well. But it was around 1100 when we first really started thinking that the whole point of the gospel revolved around some version of the events of Good Friday, in which what was really at stake is a very, very holy God was looking at a very, very sinful people mm-hmm. and was very, very, very frustrated mm-hmm. and very, very, very arms folded angry. <laughs> and the the temper tantrum was increasing and he was looking for a right. target. Mm-hmm. And... There was something maybe apparently about his love that somehow stayed his hand from taking it all out on us. But yeah. but really, like— It's know, like the moment in Emperor's New Groove. Great movie, by the way. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, please watch it. Wait, it's is a it, great movie. Is that a, that's not a Disney movie. I think it is. is it, it's a cartoon we one? We just watched it. it was, okay, I was just making sure I had the, the right one. the guy turns into a llama. Okay. Right. It's that movie. Yes, I got you um, now. Yep. Yeah, the moment when Kronk has, like, the angel and the devil mm-hmm, on his shoulder mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the devil's, totally. like, counterpoint, look what I can do. And he starts doing a handstand or whatever. And he's like, I fail to see how that's relevant. And the angel is like, no, no. Yeah. He's got a point. <laughs> it's like that. Like, so that's true. the picture of God with, like, the devil With an angel and a devil on his shoulder, yeah. No, you got to smite him. And the angel's like, you know, he's got a point. <laughs> right. It's really true. And I think, I mean, I certainly, I mean, lest we are guilty of over-exaggerating, I don't think we are. When over all these years of, of Christian university education, these last 20 years of mine, and talking with young people coming out of a variety of churches, some version of what we're describing tends to be the assumed biblical account of what happened where this this ever angry God decided to say yes to the angry being on his shoulder and and needed to have a target for his right. his ever present wrath. Um, but something there was at least enough love in there somewhere that he said, well, okay, I guess I won't take it out on them, but I got to take it out on somebody. So I'm going to take it out on myself. And so he yeah. sent, yeah, so he sent himself. And then the whole nature of the gospel is that Jesus took the blow on our behalf. It's uh, called the, the official name of it, and I, I'm sure I'm misrepresenting this in, in a lot of different levels. Oh, no. My theological friends That's that are job. listening right now, I'm sure I'm going to get all kinds of texts from them. 
But broadly speaking, uh, mm-hmm. the, the theological name for all of this is called penal substitution theory. It is that Jesus oh, substituted. Even I've heard of that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different kinds of substitutionary theories, and I am a big sub- substitutionary atonement or, or per, you know, person, and we'll talk about that at a different time. But this word legal or penal was uh, brought into play in about 1100 by mm-hmm. a bishop of Canterbury named St. Anselm, who came up with the idea that God demanded some kind of payment uh, to satisfy his justice, and we couldn't make that payment. And so he sent himself, and Jesus, in taking God's blow of wrath, was the payment then that we should have had to pay and couldn't. And like that that's a very simplistic. And we need, and you and I are going to start doing some longer form series that are not our yeah. like Wednesday episodes. We'll start doing those probably later this summer. At least that's what we hope to do at that point in time. And we can dig into these deeper theological topics uh, mm-hmm. along those lines. But that's sort of broadly the idea is that the gospel revolved around the events of Good Friday. The angry God decided at the sort of the last moment not to crush his creation. He sent himself and crushed himself instead in his behalf. And, that, and that's what we end up with. And somehow then now we're tolerable to God um, Jesus sort of gives us or, or, or wafts over his righteousness to us that he took because he shouldn't have had to take the blow. Right. But he did. And so somehow that righteousness wafts over to us. And so it's the zombie guts. It is, it's, we've talked about that. And or it's the Jesus mm-hmm. shield. It's all of this sort of theological view. And people, I just don't think they know that that has only been really going on in the church for the last thousand years. And then we come to Good Friday and it's hard to know how to celebrate. You're like, well, so I'm a disaster and thanks. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's weird. Well, and one of the questions that I have about um, penal substitution theory is like, did I say that right? Is that what it is? You did, yeah. Nice. Um, Yeah, I almost choked on my coffee. That's why that was the the, the gap in my response. I've only been awake for 30 minutes. That was impressive. Ripe hour of ten fifty three in the morning. You're never gonna make the sunrise service. No, of course not. Let's not be ridiculous here. But um yeah, one of the questions that I have about that is the idea of like God being like, This has to come out somewhere. This anger has to come out somewhere. They clearly can't like deal with this. It'll destroy them. Right. So I'm gonna take it out on myself. Part of the idea of that that I am struggling with right now is like so does that mean that God didn't have control over that justice or yep. that like retribution yep. or whatever? That's the thing. Does that mean that like God was obligated? It's one of the to biggest critiques. Yep. No, nope, you've I was got like, it. That doesn't make any because God can create the universe, but then somehow He's also subject to the laws of the thing that He created. By that is <laughs> like did he? We're already build into the longer form around yeah. himself, basically. It's it's one of the biggest critiques of that point of view. You have absolutely nailed it. That God found himself subject to something greater than himself, mm-hmm. to which he had he was forced to act because there was some principle in the impersonal universe that required yeah. a sense of justice and. And while that can probably or like be he answerable, found his own loophole yeah, in his own, like he built a justice system, and then yeah, was like his like, love was his loophole. And found a loophole. Totally, his love was That's his ridiculous. loophole. Now I'm sure that there's other ways then in which people would respond to that critique, but it yeah, is a really sure. profound critique of all of that. And and I think if we can just bracket that all off, and mm-hmm. and I think maybe the most devastating blow to that whole theology is if you just read the Bible a little bit. That um, was <laughs> sorry. Was that was that overly cynical? I'm sorry. I mean, dare dare we? Yes. Brutal take. I'm sorry. Well, because in that was 
was so funny. Well, I know you didn't mean it to like just be that point blank brutal takedown. Yeah, you, like you had that look on your face that you get when you're like being really genuine about something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, I know that you didn't mean it to sound like that, but it absolutely was like fixing your theology. Like <laughs> in order to fix your theology, all you have to do is read the Bible. Yeah. And I was like, that was really surprisingly snarky but you said it so genuinely <laughs> okay well i do I, I i must confess there's there is some probably some pretty significant oh, hidden sure snark about is. all of that i do tell my students you know don't you know don't bother to read the scriptures that'd be horrible just like right? just like give your allegiance to some theological figure who made some stuff up some you know? random and again dude. there's plenty of theological figures that were great but i don't yeah. think we we recognize how much more we're influenced by a certain theological uh, theological figure's take mm-hmm. on a very limited part of scripture. And so if you just read scripture, like this version, right, that we're talking about, as soon as Jesus took the blow of the angry God who is mm-hmm. beholden, as you said, to his own anger and had to find a target, as soon as Jesus took that blow and is in the ground, that's it. I yeah. mean, it's done, right? In this version of the gospel, it's done. You don't actually, if you're being brutally honest, you don't really need Easter Sunday. Yeah. And and I think that's part of why people understandably have a very thin theology of Easter Sunday. We don't, we're, we're glad he came out of the grave. And some people are like, see, it proved that he actually was innocent or like all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. But not, scripture doesn't talk, have any kind of language related to that. Um, scripture actually says in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if there was no resurrection, then our faith is in vain. It's useless. It's worthless. If there is no Easter Sunday, then none of this matters. And and so that's what I mean. If you actually read the Bible and you allow the Bible to actually just be the Bible and and do the hard and sometimes scary work of of letting our constructs get blown up a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe there's a more hopeful other side to all of it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And one of the best ways that I've ever heard that talked about was actually in conversation with uh, my older brother, who hopefully will be on here at some point. He's de- he, he's he, so good know, at this. I almost feel like, like he for we asked him in the past a few yeah. times because he's got such good material on Old Testament oh, and blood brilliant. and sacrifice. It is, bl- I mean, he had. Uh, I really want to bring him in to talk about blood yes. and about um, mother and father's house because oh, that was yes. crazy. And he's had packed out chapels at the university. Oh, he sure. just graduated. But I mean, he was like packed out for all these things. Oh, yeah. but, but he didn't really seem like he had a lot of time for us early on. No. Right. We were like, dude, you've got to come on Deeper Magic. Like, and he's oh, like, Meh, yeah. okay. And now this last week, he's I'm like, when are we going to podcast? <laughs> totally. He's like, what, what's your problem? When are we going to podcast? We, and I almost feel like, you know, we should yeah. just we just hold up the hand and say, like, you are on our we're time now. booked solid <laughs> for the next two months. <laughs> Easily. So, minimum. Like, yeah. I, minimum. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. No. But I had a conversation with him where we were talking about how if it's a crucifixion-centric theology where mm-hmm. it's just that Jesus died and that is the, like— center point or the most important point of of holy week right then it's actually really unfortunately unremarkable mm. because one thing that we all do as people is die yeah and so all yes. it does right is just say that jesus was human and then what's the point of everything that he did is because he just died and that's something that all of us can do so why is that any different than everybody else throughout all of history that's exactly right. like it actually reduces Jesus so much and it reduces everything that he did because at the end of the day, all he was was human and right. he died. And right. that's it. That's the end of all of it. And so I don't even understand where the idea of like, I mean, it's already not a super hopeful theology, but it's like I don't even understand where 
where then you would be like, and I want to worship this God who came and did all these crazy things. And then at the end of the day, ultimately was human and was killed by other humans. And that's how it ended. But if you have the resurrection centric theology, then it's just the idea that like, yeah, Jesus died and we all do that. So like, obviously there's more happening around his death than there maybe are for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, but Jesus died, but that's not the point. The point is that he didn't stay dead. Yes, that you just said that so beautifully well. The point is that he didn't stay dead. Mm-hmm. There, There is literally no gospel if he didn't stay dead. Yeah. Um, wait, no. If, <laughs> there's literally no gospel if he wait. stayed dead. <laughs> See, and that would be a whole I different thing. I do too quite Because I totally, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah you're like, right. yep, that makes sense. And <laughs> I'm like, no, correct. all the double negatives are confusing even me right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's um, no. how I felt yesterday in my class when I was trying to add up my um, credits on my transcript. And I was like, look, I know I'm <laughs> and not people that can't bad add at anymore. math. Yeah. I was like, I know I'm an English major, but I'm not that bad at math. And I have 20 credits floating around here somewhere that I can't find them. Yeah. That's how I felt about what you just said with the double <laughs> negatives. I'm like, Does it, okay, cancel and then divide by three. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you're right. And people just can't add anymore. If I, I used to be able to oh, add, no. subtract, multiply, divide in my head like I was Rain Man. Yeah. And I can't, <laughs> I have to get out my stupid calculator on my stupid mobile phone now yeah. just to do any of it. So the, I guess in, in light of what you just said, that if the point is that he didn't stay dead, mm-hmm. then how does that reshape our ideas of what happened on Good Friday? I mean, you, you said, yeah. you know, of course he died. And again, uh, this, this requires a much more extended series of conversations. This takes time. I actually go through this in some of my classes, mm-hmm. and it takes weeks uh, to sort of work through it because it's so hard to extract ourselves from this Anselmian version of theology that has now become common among millions. And again, in the last 20 or 30 years, uh, people have begun that are much smarter than I am to really fully deconstruct all of this. Right. Yeah. I, I read a book not too long ago, or at least some of it, and I signed it to one of my classes uh, from N.T. Wright that is titled The Day the Revolution Began. Yeah. And and it's a whole Easter-centric theology that that does away with all this stuff that I, love I do too. And, and, and it just keeps us in these weird pictures of God and we're afraid and, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And then we think we get all this, you know, righteousness wafting over to us, but then we still sin and we don't know why. And people are worried about their salvation. All of this stuff gets derived mm-hmm. from this Anselmian theology. Again, longer conversation for a longer time. But for this 10, now 25-minute episode, 10 minute, now 25-minute episode. Yeah, I know. Last here, night when you were like, it'll be 10 minutes, <laughs> mom just started laughing she did. from she the other room. Me. So maybe just a short riff about okay. uh, that. That, And by short, I mean three-ish minutes. And I'm not oh, saying I'm going to talk that entire time. I'm just saying- I was thinking 30-second speed round. Well, let's, uh, this is not Instagram reels. So we need, we need a little bit more and more. <laughs> Do you see how relevant I am that uh-huh, I just came up with Instagram so reels? I am. Uh-huh. So if you can figure out how to post one. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. All right. That's then my we'll goal. Talk. That's my new New Year's resolution. I know it's okay. April, but I'll get it done. For Lent, you're learning. Lent, how yeah. To do I gave, reels. Well, see, that's part of the problem. I gave up Instagram reels for Lent, and that's why okay. I can't right now. So you have to sure. wait till after Easter. Uh-huh. I was addicted. Um, so... In the early church, they would have so this is all pre Anselm, you know, and, and one of a good theological principle is try to get yourself back to the origin of any kind of practice or idea insofar right. as you can. And in the early church, it's pretty clear that their primary belief about what happened on Easter Sunday or Good Friday to Easter Sunday is that Jesus came to take on and wage war against the powers of sin and darkness on our behalf. And so in, in this model or this idea, you don't have some weird thing where God had to have his justice 
satisfied but conditioned by his love or all of this kind of stuff. It is that God saw that his beautiful creation that he loved had both been impacted by the power of sin, but had willfully participated in that same power of sin and was getting disfigured by it and destroyed by it and killing one another. And and the powers of darkness that perpetrated all of this were were winning. There there was a victory. And God said, and Israel was supposed to be the light of the world, and now they were failing. Mm -hmm. There wasn't uh, much left. And so he said, enough. And, And he said, I can do this work on your behalf. And actually, this is part of what is the deeper magic from before the dawn of time that C.S. Yeah. Lewis writes about. He's, he's got a, his own little spin on this. And so when Jesus came, uh, maybe simplistically enough saying is that uh, Philippians says that he emptied himself or he was willing to let go of his divinity, uh, mm-hmm. thus being able to die. He wanted to go into the grave. That was his intention. I mean, he uh, if he, or, or Hebrews says there was a joy set before him, and he was willing to endure the cross. And so what yeah. was all of this about? And and what he knew is that w- anything that is good in the world, sin comes after it. Mm-hmm. Sin comes for it in its fullness to disfigure it and destroy it. There's this vicious power of sin that is always seeking anything of God's tov or goodness in this world and looking to kill it. And so he is the very like epitome representation of all that is good. And he knew that he could start drawing all of the power of sin and hell to himself. And he did it intentionally, and he knew what it was going to cost him, and he knew the stripes he was going to have to take to use some of the passages of the Old Testament. He knew all of it. And so he he walked it out and became subject to death, even death on a cross. And what he was doing is he was drawing the fullness of the power of sin and hell and death to himself because he wanted every last bit of it, uh, and, and then he would take it in the ground with him. But then this was the good news, is that he left it in the ground. Uh, and yeah. he, every other person that has ever been into the ground because of sin had to stay in the ground with that sin. Mm-hmm. But Jesus had the power to, to destroy all of the power of darkness and sin and death. And again, there's yeah. a lot more to all of this. But the point is, is that it was simply out of love <clears throat> that God came, um, no merit on our behalf, totally grace, totally yeah. mercy, that he came and said, I will rescue you from this power of sin. I will take it all onto myself and I will drag it into the ground with me. And there I will beat it and leave it forever. And I will be raised yeah. to new life. And and that is the heart of the good news of the gospel. And so when it says that by his stripes we are healed, it is his willingness to take those lashes and the cross and, and the pain and the sorrow and the thorns and just the hideousness of the whole thing in the physical realm that is being matched by a thousand times in the spiritual realm with the viciousness of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, he was willing to do all of that. And by those stripes now, um, salvation simply means healing. Mm-hmm. It means that we can be restored and rescued and healed. And so by his stripes now, we have salvation. We can be healed. He has beaten the power of sin and death. And he says, come and join me, and I will give you the same kind of resurrection power so you too mm-hmm. can beat the power of sin and death. There, there's basically a new sheriff in town. It was yeah. it was the ultimate bait and switch. He knew sin was going to come for him, and he said, okay, I will take it, but you don't know what's going to happen. You think you're mm-hmm. going to bury me in the ground? I'm coming out the other side. Yeah. And that, and so Good Friday is a sobering day. It should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a day that as I talk about it and as I was texting my, my friend who was asking me some questions this week, I found myself teary about it oh, yeah. because oh, I yeah. was so humbled by the, by the marvelous love of God that independent of anything that I might deserve because I have willfully participated in this disease that is sin in this world, um, there wasn't any, I don't have to worry about God like somehow conditioning his justice. Mm-hmm. It was just pure unadulterated love that came and said, yes, this is part of what you've done and I'm coming for you anyway. 
And that just breaks me and humbles me and makes me grateful. And and it's actually a God that uh, when it's just purely a God of love like that, I fully trust him then. I'm not worried that he's going to smite me down the next time that I sin or those sorts of things. God, yeah. this is if God is for you, who can be against you? That That's my somewhat short riff on that that mm-hmm. demands a lot more. But I think as people are wondering about Good Friday this week, to maybe just even take one step to set aside this weird paradigm given to us a thousand years ago by Anselm, however well-intended he was, that thinks that what's going on on Good Friday is Jesus paid some big price from an ever-angry God. Mm-hmm. It isn't how the early church understood it, and it certainly is not what Scripture would say about it, too. So there's there's yeah. my riff on Good Friday. Yeah, no, and I just remember um, when I went to Paris in January with my friend for a couple of days, and we were standing in a church at one point uh, that I felt really weirdly drawn to for some reason, and so I paid attention to that because that's something that I'm learning how to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing in there and walking around the Stations of the Cross that they had set mm. up in the different pillars of this beautiful old church building. Um, and on the top in these like domed ceilings were these gorgeous paintings of different biblical stories, and then they had scripture passages painted in French like under the under the paintings. Um and and I took four years of high school French, and I remember almost none of it. But I just remember— You and I are on the same ground. I've taken no French, and I don't— Oh, okay, <laughs> we're, sure. We're pretty much the same. I think mine is maybe worse because I took French, and I still speak about as much French as you do. Yeah. Um, but I just remember standing there in the middle of the church, having walked mm. around the 12 stations of the cross. And even though they were in a different language, I still knew the stations because yeah. I had done those every year of yeah. my life as long as I can remember. Um, and I remember standing there and reading above or like around the edge of the dome in the center of the church was the, and the gates of hell shall not stand against him. And whoever believes in him shall have eternal life Mm. on either side of the dome. Amazing. And I just remember standing there in the middle of the church and just crying. Yeah. I just got goosebumps when you said it. And it, and it was this weird moment where I stood there and I was trying to read it and I couldn't translate it. I couldn't understand what it said. And weirdly I got the word gates and the whole thing made sense. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I think you just so described. I mean, God's wrath is so real, but to get conf- to be confused that it's not towards us, it's towards the sin mm-hmm. that has so damaged the creation that he loves. Yeah. And so he's pouring it all out on the power of sin and death and hell, and the gates of hell aren't going to stand against it mm-hmm. because the love of God is coming for us yeah. uh, always. I, I think— it does reshape everything about our faith. And then it does require that he comes out of the grave because if he had to stay in the ground, it means that sin and death and hell won. Yeah. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if he was not raised, your faith is actually in vain. Yeah. But it's not. So it's, yeah. Thanks for, for I was just checking um, lasvegas.com uh, related to, to that deep. That is so not where I thought that's. Well, yeah, no, I know. But just related to deeper magic odds, because now, you know, you can bet on, on things that you say on deeper magic. You said you were going to get up for Easter Sunday sunrise service. The odds oh. currently are 20 to one. Okay. Uh, against that happening. So, sure. so the odds are long against you, but I have I have faith in you. I think that, All right. you know, if you get well, up. Well, you just basically double dog dared me to do it. So <laughs> totally now did. it's happening. Which given your personality profile, yes, I, I think that yeah. the odds just in Vegas just went down to two to one as, like re, as a result of that. My understood that he had to dare me to do something for my senior sem project, and now it's happening <laughs> simply because he dared me to do it. <laughs> You're stubborn. That's weird. Uh, I can't imagine where I got that Yeah, from. I have no idea. Well, thanks for chatting about all this stuff. It'd be fun. Uh, I'll get up with you on Sunday morning and, and we can 
take in the sunrise if we decide to do that because yeah. this is the heart of the good news and uh, maybe we'll do another one uh, that'll be released on Easter but thanks everybody for listening this has been The Deeper Magic I am Peter I'm Anna we'll talk to you all soon bye Magic is produced by Audio on the Rocks, and our music for this episode is Auroras of Saturn by Music L Files. You can head on over to filmmusic.io and find that there, all licensed under Creative Commons 4.0. Viewable on the site as well. Mm-hmm.